Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. This is just a little intro from me to tell you that this week we did Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast live. Hence why when we get into the start of the show you'll be a bit like, there's a terrible intro Miller and it is a terrible intro but it's because I was fiddling with tech. Anyway, what I wanted to do is I wanted to come on here quickly and let you know how it's going to work going forward. I'm not 100% sure where I'm going to do it yet, which makes me an idiot, but either at twitch.tv forward slash Simon316 or my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash C forward slash The Miller Report Rules every Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. BST, which is British summertime for those people that aren't living in the United Kingdom. I'm going to stream it live and you can ask me questions, you can get involved and you can just chat to me as we do as we do it live. I'm also going to open phone lines every now and then as and when that works. Uh, but it's a work in progress at the moment, as you can imagine. So what I would like you to do, actually, is I'd like you to tweet me at Simonler316. Let me know, would you rather watch a live stream on Twitch or would you rather watch a live stream on YouTube? And that's where it will be. However, going forward, Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. UK time, come find me. I mean, go to at Simonler316 on Twitter and I'll always tweet out the link. And if you can, come watch the week. It's going to be called The Week in Wrestling Live. It'll still be Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast with the audio version. But obviously, in terms of search, The Week in Wrestling just sells the idea a bit better. So, you know, take this uh, podcast with a slight pinch of salt. But hopefully you like the idea. Hopefully you can understand why I'm doing it. And hopefully, I'll see you soon. Okay, well, look, I'm going to edit that out if you are listening to it on, uh, uh, what do you call it? I've just realized I'm invisible too. Oh, for pizza. You know what? I'm just going to be invisible. My shoulder here, not there, there. I'm just going to have an invisible shoulder unless I can move. I can probably move forward, actually. Isn't it fun trying to get stuff working when you've never done it before? We'll just leave it. Who cares? Who cares? So we're trying things on Twitch today just because, really. I just wanted to see if it makes, if it makes any difference. To be completely honest with you, please do let me know in the chat if you can hear me and everything's all right. So basically what we're going to do, let's move that over there. Basically, what we're going to do is we're going to do the podcast live. Uh, the audio will go up on the usual devices now. So if you are listening on, I don't know, iTunes, Google, Spotify, I don't think we're on Spotify, but whatever, wherever you listen, uh, you know, that's where we'll be. But I just thought it'd be a nice way so you can interact, you can ask me questions in the chat, and we're just going to go through the week in wrestling, really. That's what we're going to do. So we'll start with No Mercy, I guess. <sighs> I mean, a lot of people seem to be upset about No Mercy because they believe, and I understand where they're coming from. They believe that they believe that for a for a, a pay per view that basically had a WrestleMania type build, that they sh- it should have delivered more. That's what people think. They think it should have delivered more, and so basically, people are suffering. Because of the hype. That's the problem. And that's kind of a back and forth thing because hype is really good because it makes you excited about the pay-per-view, right? If we didn't have the hype, you probably wouldn't have been as excited about it to begin with. It's difficult. It's difficult because without the hype, we wouldn't have cared about No Mercy anyway. And then if it doesn't deliver on uh, uh, what people uh, what people expect, it's a catch-22. Also, if you are just joining us, 
I realize I'm invisible. <laughs> Let me see if I can change that. I'm gonna, this is not, this is, you can tell we've never done this before because nobody else would, uh, nobody else would do this live. But hey man, that's just how I roll. I'm gonna edit this live and see what I can do. I do know what I'm doing. There you go, look, I'm slowly coming back in. It's gonna ruin the picture a bit, but there we go, that's better. Well, it will do. So, the Rob Roy says, is it actually working? Is it? You have to tell me. It tells me that it's working, but it, it, it may, it, maybe it's not. <laughs> maybe it's not working. If it's not working, you've got to let me know. Uh, send me a message in the chat and we'll do it. But no mercy. We'll start with the two, the two main events, which were obviously Cena Reigns and Lesnar Strowman. I actually thought Cena Reigns was really good. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun main event. It started slow, but I think it needed to, I think it needed to start slow so that when we built to the, to the big finish, it had the momentum that it needed. If they had just gone all out to begin with, we would, I mean, I really enjoyed it towards the end. I thought when they were spearing people through tables and Roman Reigns was kicking out, kicking out of uh, four, oh, I think it was four, right? Four AAs. I got into it. And apparently the, the idea for all of this was it, it was meant to be like a, a WrestleMania main event. That's what they were going for, even though it's on No Mercy. And clearly John Cena is now out for a while, so they wanted to use this for the coronation. Usually with this stuff, they would, you know, they'd probably do the best of three, right? That's what they usually do with these things. You do the best of three, and then Cena would have coronated Reigns at the end. Clearly, Cena's going away for a while. Clearly, WWE uh, realizes that they don't have a lot of time left with Cena. So they're like, okay, what we'll do is we'll speed this up now. So John Cena's got the, uh, Roman Reigns has got the rub from John Cena. So far, Roman Reigns has got the rub from Daniel Bryan. He's got the rub from The Undertaker. And he's got the rub from John Cena. He's got the rub from The Rock. <laughs> Still not working, boys. That's the only problem. However, that's why I think, uh, that's why I think they, they did it. Simply because, well, they're all in with Roman Reigns, right? They're all in. No matter what we do, whether we boo, we cheer, we laugh, we cry, it doesn't matter. People are going to... They're gonna, well, WWE are going to push Roman Reigns regardless, right? So they're, in their mind, if we have all our top stars, you know, tell everybody else that he's the guy now, eventually people just have to accept that he's the guy. So it's a weird situation, but I thought it was a good match. I like the fact that Roman won after one spear because, again, if Roman's the guy that's going to be hanging around and you're going to build him, build up his finishing moves. That's something that WWE doesn't do anywhere near enough. Uh, finish, especially in that match. I mean, four AAs. John Cena needs a new finisher. When he comes back, if wrestling was real, he should say to himself, I have to get a new finisher because this finish doesn't work. Everybody kicks out of it, and everybody does. AJ Styles kicked out of it. Kevin Owens kicked out of it. Sami Zayn kicked out of it. It's a rubbish finisher. So I had no problem with uh, Roman Reigns winning in one spit. I actually think that's the thing that they should have done. It just makes more sense to me because if you're going to push Roman Reigns and we're building to WrestleMania 34 when it's going to be Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, then that's what you've got to do. I don't have to agree with it as a fan, but if that's what they want to do as a company, pff, all right, I'll sit back and I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy it for what it is. So, man, the problem with doing under studio lights is, man, it gets hot. Um, so I actually thought it was a really decent match. I thought it did a really good job. I enjoyed it a lot. I just thought it was fun. And I also think that no matter what you think of Roman Reigns, he does have star. He does feel like a star because WWE want him to feel like a star. You know? So I think in that sense, 
I think they did everything right here. Again, you don't have to agree with the Roman Reigns experiment, not at all. If you think it's rubbish, you think it's rubbish. But I actually thought it did a good job. I enjoyed it. And yeah, yeah, I think the last 10 minutes of that match was great. I thought it was really good. I got really into it and Cena doing his all, oh, am I retiring kind of a deal, even though he's clearly not retiring. Yeah, that worked. That was fun. So yeah, all in all, I thought it was a decent, a decent main event. Well, sub-main event. Now, if we move on to the proper main event, this is where I understand the disappointment. And again, it ties into the hype that there was before the show. And if we hadn't have had this hype, maybe we still would enjoy it. Because the thing you have to remember is the Braun Strowman versus uh, Brock Lesnar was meant to happen at the July pay-per-view, whatever that was, Battleground or something like that. And it didn't because Braun Strowman got injured. So clearly what they did here, they just prolonged what was expected and they just did whatever that plan was then. It didn't matter that Braun had got all this extra momentum since then. It was clearly irrelevant because, well, it just was. <laughs> they clearly they had their plan. And again, their plan is to get to WrestleMania 34 and have Roman Reigns coronated again by Brock Lesnar. He'll be the first guy to kick out of the F5, hence why Brock Lesnar keeps beating people with one F5. That's the plan. That's the plan. So while Braun Strowman right now is super over and probably the best thing they've got on Raw... It doesn't matter. It's, it, it, it literally doesn't matter because that's he's not he's not part of their long-term plans. It will main event plans at the moment. He's a huge asset to have, literally and figuratively, but he doesn't Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't he's not I can't think of the right word. But he, he is surplus to requirements when it comes to the WrestleMania 34 main event, and that's the long-term picking of the show. So this was a bit disappointing because they kind of had a wrestling match when we really wanted was them to have a big fight. Clearly, that was never in the cards. I didn't think it was bad. I still think it was fun. But yeah, it kind of just finished. And it was then just like, meh. Uh, you know, it didn't really feel like a main event. And obviously, given what we'd seen at SummerSlam in the weeks building up to, to No Mercy, you kind of thought Brock was going to you know, either give a whooping or take a whooping. I think we all assumed that he'd win. But it just felt a bit lackluster. Because again... They clearly thought when we come to Raw, we can fast fast book this, for lack of a better term. Uh, and it won't matter. And they're kind of right. Like Braun, Lo Bra we'll get there, but Brock, Le uh, Brock Lesnar. Braun Strowman destroyed loads of people on Raw. So now he still feels like a monster. So I don't think necessarily... I think the problem was it should have been a fun match within itself. I understand out of context why they did what they did. Because again, we should have had this match two months ago. It should have been over and done with. We should be moving on. So that sucks. But it was still fine. I still thought it was an enjoyable match. I'm glad Brock Lesnar won. Uh, to a certain degree, I think maybe it would have been quite fun if Braun Strowman won. But maybe Braun Strowman's not ready. I mean, he is still, you know, he's still green as they say. He's still getting wrestling experience. So what do you do? I thought it was okay. I thought the two main events were okay. I thought Cena Revenge was very good. I thought Lesnar Strowman was fine. Bit disappointing, but I still enjoyed it. So I'm not going to get too too upset about it. If we go to the start of uh, of No Mercy, we did kick off with the IC title match between Jason Jordan and The Miz. I just don't get the Jason Jordan thing. I really don't. Here we are, what, three months down the line? A, we still haven't found out who was sending those text messages. When I brought that up when it first happened, everyone's like, give it time, Miller, give it time, Yeah. Where's, where's, where's that? <laughs> we just forgot about that, did we? And also, the storyline is just too stupid. It's just too stupid. It's just too stupid. I do not believe that Jason Jordan is Kurt Angle's son. And I know wrestling's not real, but I have to believe a little bit, and I don't believe it at all. And I think that's the problem with his character, right? That's why I can't, that's why I can't get into him. 
because it's just silly. And he is great in the ring. And when he starts suplexing people around the place, it is a lot of fun. And you can tell he's really good at what he does. But yeah, it's just, he's just not clicking with the crowd. This, I mean, I thought Jason Jordan was going to win by DQ. What did happen was the Miz Taraj got involved and the Miz hit the skull crushing finale, retains the IC title. It was all right. You know, it was fine. It's just, you've got, I like the Miz. The Miz is great. He's awesome. <laughs> Pun. But he's not the greatest in-ring guy in the world. And then you've got Jason Jordan, who is, but isn't over. They're kind of like the antithesis of one another. The Miz is super over and his work is fine. Jason Jordan's actually a really good worker, but he's not over with the crowd at all. So, you know, there was only so much you can do here. At least they focused on the IC title a little bit, I guess. But it was... It was fine. It was fine. Maybe not the best opening for the pay-per-view, but I thought it was all right. I can't remember uh, what else uh, the order of, of the other stuff was. But we'll, we'll switch to Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt because I actually did think this was the best match they've had. And it's so easy to forget that both are really talented because I think this feud has been so boring. You forget that it actually has two proper superstars and two dudes that one day could probably main event WrestleMania if they were pushed right and had the right opponent. I just don't like this feud. This feud has got so silly that on comment commentary, we were calling it a man versus man match. A man versus man match. I mean, that's like parody wrestling. That's like something somebody does as a parody. Man versus man. Stupid. Really, really, really stupid. So, but this, this was a good match. It ended as all, you know, the Finn Balor-Bray White matches. The other thing as well is, why do people get scared when Bray White does a bridge? It kind of was scary maybe a year or two ago, but now he's just doing a bridge. Do you go to jiu-jitsu and do a bridge? Oh, shit, that guy just did a bridge. I'm terrified. Do you wake up having nightmares about bridges? It hurts your neck. I give you that much. But that I, honestly, I think at this point, Bray White needs a whole repackage. I don't even like his entrance. I know that makes me a terrible person. I don't think it's fun. Just no. I'm not, I'm not a fan of Bray Wyatt at all. And obviously, that's not his fault because he is super talented. I just think he's been booked into oblivion. And there's, and there's no way to go back at this point. I don't even think what they can do. Who does he feud with after Finn Balor? Goldust? I mean, where does he go? Who, who's his next opponent? I really don't know who it is. So I think in that sense, not... I mean, I hope, we'll skip to Raw quickly just because I really thought this feud was done. Balor's beating him as a demon and Balor's beating him as a man. And then they're still going to continue it on. And I understand why, because I think they want to get to Survivor Series and do Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar. And that was teased on Raw. There's a paper, TLC's in between that. So you need an opponent for Finn Balor. So they're just going to do Bray Wyatt again. But that's weeks away. I don't know if I can handle it. I really don't know if I can handle it. But yeah, so yeah, I would have been all right with it if it was done, but it's not done. We had the tag match, I believe, was next. And that was awesome. I think you can kind of, I think it's a toss up between uh, Cena Reigns and the tag match as to which was better. But I really, it was Sheamus and Cesaro, the bar versus uh, Ambrose and Rollins, who are the champs. They just went nuts for 20 minutes, whatever it was. That one high spot they did off the top ropes where Sheamus and Cesaro hit all their moves and then Ambrose and whoever it was, Rollins, kicked out. You could probably argue maybe that was a kick out too far. However, it, it, was, it was just great. It was a great match. It was fast-paced. Those two teams alone have gone and revived the, w, uh, the Raw Tag Team division no end. The only problem I have is when that tag uh, feud eventually comes to the end, and you can argue it's already there, I mean, now it seems like they're going to bring the Shield back instead, which we'll get to in a minute. But I have really, they should really start building up other tag teams now, and I don't really feel like they're doing that. I mean, I can't even think of another tag team on Raw. The, the Good Brothers... 
Gallows and Anderson weren't even on Raw this week, I don't think, unless I forgot about them. So I thought that was a bit silly. However, the match itself was awesome. And uh, yeah, I mean, definitely one of the highlights of, of No Mercy, if not the highlight, depending on what you prefer. And the women's five-way was really good as well. I saw a lot of people saying that was their match of the night. I don't think I'd go that far. But given that it was what was Nia Jax, Emma, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Alexa Bliss, the champion. You know, that had the, all the potential in the world to be an absolute cluster, as they say. But it was great. I thought it was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. I thought it really showcased how you book Nia Jax and how you use her and the potential she has. I thought it was a real shame she was almost persona non grata on Raw. They didn't build on this momentum at all. But she just whooped everybody's ass. She did all her power moves and everybody loved it. And that's all you ever need to do. I don't understand why she's not booked like that more often. Uh, but it really did. It, I, was, I thought it would be fine, maybe, at best. But I didn't think they'd be given any time. I didn't think they'd be given, you know, given any leeway to do much. But they really did. And it was better than Bala Wyatt. It was better than, I'm looking, th- um, by maybe Lesnar Strowman, you could argue. Better than the IC title match. Definitely better than the 205 Live match, which we'll get to next. And given that most women's matches aren't able to, to pull that off at all, I thought it was great. I thought it was absolutely great. One of the better matches of the night. Alexa Bliss feels like a really strong champion. I enjoyed that on Raw Talk, she called out Mickey James. Then Mickey James came out on Raw. And they had a big thing. Sasha and Bailey seem like they're going to have a program soon. One of them's going to turn heel. So yeah, just absolutely great stuff. Great stuff all around. Genuinely one of the surprises of the year, really, given some of the shoddiness we've seen in the WWE Women's Division. Don't forget, it's only a few months ago we were having Bailey versus Alexa Bliss in the, was it? kendo stick on a pole match when bailey didn't want to have the kendo stick madness absolute madness uh which did bring us to 205 live or the 205 live match the cruiserweight match i mean i didn't actually think it i watched it again and i didn't actually think it was as bad as some people uh, some people made out and that probably makes me sound like a makes me sound like a crazy person Mostly because I thought Neville was super entertaining. Well, entertaining is the wrong word. Neville makes all his stuff look good, right? So I kind of enjoyed watching Enzo have the crap kicked out of him. The problem... I don't even know it's a problem because I thought the way they followed it up on Raw was actually really good. So obviously Enzo hit that one awesome DDT and he did hit it well, that DDT off the top rope. And then Neville... Well, Neville got distracted by the ref when Enzo went to get the belt, and then Enzo just booted him in the balls to win. So we're definitely, you know, in the in the crux of, a, of an Enzo heel turn here. Enzo is the champion. He won by cheating. It was sucked at the time, but it felt like it sucked just because Enzo had his ass whipped for 10 minutes and then just hit one move and one. You're like, well, that's just chat all over that division and that title. However, with that said, the follow-up on Raw, which we will jump to now, I thought was really good. Now, the ratings did came out, and the last third, the third half bombed hard. Overall, Raw was up, but that cruiserweight section apparently did so badly, don't ever expect them to see in, in that position again. But I did like the fact that they turned it into a proper angle. I did like the fact that Enzo got his non-contact clause, but the, the cruiserweight division hate him so much, they all came out and beat him up. I thought it was well done. And it's, it's one of those things the Cruiserweight division hasn't had. It hasn't really had a focus. And it hasn't really had a story. Neville obviously has been the highlight for a while. But this now, it feels a lot more concrete and a lot more like they're, they're progressing and they're going somewhere. And I really appreciate that. You know, I thought this was really good. Uh, not necessarily at no mercy, but I think when you look at the two things back to back, I was actually like, you know what, this is, this is actually pretty decent. 
Hopefully that continues on. I haven't actually seen 205 Live yet, so I'm not 100% sure what they did on that show. But yeah, I mean, if we take it out of context or take it in context and just put it on 205 Live, not the best. I've <laughs> uh, no mercy, sorry. Not the best thing. Not the best thing that I've seen. Um, and that was everything, right? Because the, the 205 Live then led... Uh, the 205 Live, the Cruiserweights led, led into scene, uh, to Lesnar Strowman. So overall, I thought No Mercy was decent. I will take uh, this opportunity to say... Uh, if you go to Facebook right now and search for Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast, you can join the Fantasy League. I think I got four right. I know we didn't do a podcast before the show, but I made sure to get my, uh, to get my, uh, uh, what do you call it, predictions in. So I implore you to go to the Facebook group again, just search for Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast and sign up uh, for the Fantasy League. And if you do win, you win a prize. And the person that won the, the first season didn't want his prize, so you're going to get two prizes. What a world you live in. Also, you can find me on Twitter at Simonler316. Uh, if you are listening to the audio version of this and you're on iTunes, give us five stars, rate us, all that stuff. Come find it on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash the middle report rules. And also, uh, you can support all this nonsense on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Simonler316. And that would be awesome. That would rock. Right, let's move on to Raw. So the big, the big story of Raw is that the Shield's coming back, basically, and the worry is, who is the Shield going to face? It's been a good few years since we've seen the Shield. It was one of the, the best things that WWE has done over the last, maybe decade, you could argue. And apparently, they're coming back to fight the Miztourage. <laughs> or at least that's the tease. I think there may be more to this, because basically, Raw started with the Miz on, uh, Roman Reigns on Miz TV. They had a big back and forth, and it ended in a big schmoz, right? Everyone was beating him up. And that happened again at the end of the night when we had Roman Reigns versus the Miz, the Miz, uh, the Miz, the Miz Trials got involved. They beat him up. And afterwards, they all did the shield salute. So this is where we're going. Now, during all this, Ambrose and Rollins are also falling out with Braun. Because Braun was so pissed off about what happened at No Mercy, he came out and he beat up uh, Kurt Hawkins, which was awesome, by the way, because Kurt Hawkins is slowly becoming my new favorite person on the roster. I never thought a losing gimmick could be entertaining. Kurt Hawkins does make it entertaining. And as soon as Braun's music hit and he legged it, that was pretty funny. However... Braun then challenged someone, and Dean Ambrose came out. They had a decent match. Braun Strowman won, obviously, because Ambrose is always going to be surplus to requirements. That's just how WWE sees him. And then Seth went backstage and said, you've got to stop doing this with the tag champs. Focus on what matters. And then somehow Dean Ambrose talked into having a, him into having a match with Strowman next week. Now, the reason this is interesting is because who is Braun Strowman's biggest rival in the WWE? Roman Reigns. And who's Roman Reigns a part of? The Shield. So I'm not 100% sure this is going to be The Shield versus the Miztourage. Especially because the Miztourage on Raw lost to Jason Jordan and Matt Hardy. So a proper tag team couldn't even beat a fake tag team. That doesn't make any sense. So a small part of me absolutely thinks that maybe Braun gets worked into this match and maybe we don't get the Miz and the Miztourage. We get something like Braun, the Miz, and Samoa Joe, who's out at the moment with a knee injury, and they take on the Shield. Now that's a much better match than Curtis Axel, Bo Dallas, and The Miz. And I like Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas, but they're not used or treated right. So you can't buy into them too hard. <laughs> they're, they're treated like jobbers. However, Samoa Joe and Braun Strowman are treated like superstars. The Miz is treated like a superstar. And you had them versus The Shield at TLC, which is also the, the pay-per-view where they debuted. That's a lot more fun. And I can't believe Braun isn't going to be involved in this because A, he hasn't got a program anyway, and B, the former Shield members who are about to team up with their other former Shield member are now having a mini feud with the guy that Roman Reigns had all those matches with. That's got to be the direction we're going in. And if it is, I actually think that makes uh, Survivor, uh, Survivor Series TLC quite good. And I can only imagine they're doing it because they believe if they do, 
Roman Reigns is going to get cheered. I think everything WWE does now is designed to somehow get Roman Reigns cheered. And they remember that when he was in the Shield, everybody loved him and everybody loves the Shield. So I think that, I think that may be the reason for all of this. And I'm all right with that. I think, uh, this is all off-center, I've just realized. I, I think that Roman Reigns, uh, I think the Shield coming back now, when we're in the low period of WWE, is awesome. I think we actually need that. I think that's, yeah, I think that works. I, I think that, what else do we have? We don't have anything. John Cena's left. Roman Reigns is our top guy. He's got to be put somewhere. Braun Strowman's got nothing. No one's got anything. So if that's the way they're going to go, I'm all right with it. I'm all right with it. Well, I can't, we touched on it, but I, I can't, we had this weird thing with Goldust, right? So Goldust was a face last week. He was a heel the week before that. Now he's a heel again. Because Bray Wyatt said something, uh, Bray Wyatt, Finn Balor said something to him he didn't like, so he kicked his ass. I mean, that was weird. That was really strange. So Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt, uh, Goldust have a match. Finn Balor wins, because of course he does. And then Finn, and then Bray, Bray Wyatt appears on the Titantron and starts talking, or starts singing songs again. And I just like, we've done this enough. I understand there's no other people. I understand there's no other programs, but come up with anything. Come up with anything. I'd rather see... I'd rather see Darren Young come back and take on Finn Balor than this. I really would. Bray Wyatt is just, why does he do anything? Just so he can talk in riddles and lies. It's just, I'm just not a fan. I'm really not a fan. Which is crazy given how good the Bray Wyatt character was at, at, at one point. And Finn Balor is so talented, but there's no chemistry. The two don't work. They're feuding over nothing. At one point, they were feuding over face paint. Then they were feuding over the fact they're men or something. I just, yeah, I didn't. I, I can't believe there's anybody out there tuning in to see this go on again. We've seen three matches over three months, and now we're going into the fourth month and the fourth match. Kill me. Kill me now. It's a bit much. What I kind of did like, as I go around to click things, I kind of liked the Elias stuff, which is a weird thing to say because they're not really... They're not really um, I've just realized I've done something really stupid here. <laughs> I'm going to make that edit live. What a stupid thing to write. Um, I can't see so this way. shouldn't do two things at once. Elias, I actually think they're doing quite a good job with. They obviously have plans for him. They obviously think that he's got something to him. And he does, you know. He understands how, uh, how, to, how to wind up a crowd. He's a pretty good, he's a pretty good standard here. He comes out, he sings his song, he insults your hometown. Uh, and at the moment, for some reason, the only thing I don't like is they obviously threw him into a match with Apollo Crews on No Mercy, which was the pre-show match we didn't talk about, because why would we? And Elias won. And it was clear the only reason they'd done this was because they needed a pre-show match, and they think that Elias and especially Apollo Crews are surplus to requirements, even though I do believe they have plans for, for Elias. They clearly liked that, and then on Raw, they did it again. They had the same match, Elias won. But this time... Titus O'Neil, who obviously, you know, is part of the Titus brand nonsense, he got well mad and he started beating up Elias. And I thought that was, I thought it was all right. Again, at least they're in something. Now, we haven't seen Titus O'Neil in a match in ages. I certainly don't want Titus O'Neil to come back and win. That would suck. <laughs> because obviously Elias has a bigger upside. However, if Elias can now go through everybody in the Titus brand, including Tozawa, let him have a match on Raw, that's all right. I think that's a quite a nice mini story for him. He needs something at TLC. I don't want to see him fight Apollo Crews or Titus O'Neil again there. That would suck. So I don't really know what the long-term benefits of here, but I did think using all these players to try and get the drifter or whatever you want to call him over, 
He's got a finisher now, and it's called the Drift Away. WWE never changes. But, yeah, I, I, I thought that it was... I liked it. Uh, uh, there's something here. I don't know what it is. Hopefully, they can eke it out over a few weeks. Hopefully, there's more to it than just throwaway nonsense. But I thought this was good. I think there's something in this. I could be wrong. I think they may have secretly found gold in Elias too. <laughs> but I may, I, may, I may be jumping the gun. But I thought it was a good segment. And then, obviously, we had the, all the 205 Live stuff at the end of the night. Which again, which we mentioned earlier, finally put a spotlight on 205 Live, finally made them feel a bit relevant, finally gave them uh, a reason to actually exist to begin with. I don't think it actually matters that Enzo is the champion as long as the show feels entertaining to watch. They're turning, it does seem to see, it does seem to suggest they're turning Enzo Hill to punish him, which is a bit weird because you're kind of spiting your nose off the, or spiting your nose off the, whatever that phase is. Was it you? I don't know what it is, but basically they're costing themselves money just to punish him because he sold a lot of merchandise. So I don't know how that's going to work long term. However, it's the first time where I thought to myself, maybe I should watch 205 Live. So they must have done something right. We should touch upon the, the women's stuff as well, which I haven't written down here. Because we had two kind of decent women's, women's things. Like I said, the Alexa Bliss, Mickey James feud, I'm all about that because Mickey James is drastically underused. They treat her like she's some kind of old woman when she's like late 30s and doesn't even look like that anyway. They'll have really good matches. So I was a big fan of that. On top of that, they also started... The only other... Pro, they did the tag match with, but was it Bailey and Sasha versus Nia Jax and... Who, was it Emma? That's bad that I don't remember, isn't it? Some jabroni. Um, I thought we stopped. No, we haven't stopped. We're still going. The problem I had here is that the focus completely shifted to, to Bailey versus Banks. We had a tease, but then we got to the match. There was no dissension whatsoever. It just finished. They just won the match. And also, Nia Jax was on the losing side, even though Nia Jax had probably the standout performers at No Mercy for all the women. I thought we could have capitalized on that. And I don't feel like we did. Also, they've been teasing this Bailey. Sasha Bank stuff for ages. If they don't pull the trigger soon, I think I may already be a bit bored of it, but I may get even more bored of it. So that's the other problem. They really have to sort this soon. Just turn Banks heel. Just turn Banks heel. I mean, at least Bailey got a win here. Bailey hasn't, and Bailey took the fall at no mercy, which was ridiculous. You put her back into a match just to lose. I guess it was to tease the, the Banks and Bailey stuff as well because they had a fight. But pull the trigger on that sooner than later. If they're going to have a match, have it at TLC, have Banks turn heel, don't turn Bailey heel, that'd be stupid. But I did think it was two solid uh, performances by the women. I enjoyed it. I'm glad they have two segments. I don't like it when they go, well, this is the women's segment and throw all the women in there. They can be like the men, you know, and just have good segments that exist throughout the show. Uh, switching over to SmackDown, which did contain the highlight of the wrestling week, if we include the pay-per-view on Sunday too, which was just the segment with Rusev Aiden English, Randy Orton, and the mayor of Bulgaria, or the president of Bulgaria, whatever it was. It was just awesome. Rusev came out celebrating. Aiden English sang him a song. He got given a key, and he celebrated it like it was a newborn child. After last week, with Rusev's interview with Renee Young, when she said, you must be elated, because what does that mean? And the way he delivered it, how this man isn't the champion, I'll never understand. He's the best thing on either Raw or SmackDown. He's one of the best things of all of wrestling. He's entertaining. He's funny. You can give him any material in that nonsense with Summer Rae and Dolph Ziggler and Lana a couple of years ago, and he makes it work. And yet, I mean, he's in a big program of Randy Orton. I get it, but he just should be everything. He should be everything. The man is amazing. So I love that. I, I genuinely just, that's what wrestling is all about to me. 
stuff like that. So that was great. And I also thought I was up and down, lol, with everything they did with Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Shane McMahon. Because I actually think Kevin Owens being involved with Shane McMahon is really good. It's only going to benefit him. WWE are never going to book Shane O'Mac as anything but a top guy. And Kevin Owens will get the rub from that. That will only benefit Kevin Owens because he's being, you know, he's, he's in there, he's in there with a McMahon, and I think that is, uh, well, I hope it's good for him. My only worry is that obviously they, you know, this is all said and done, and he goes back to being, being, but he's always booked well before. But I think Kevin Owens should be able to use this to become a super big deal, like a super main eventer. The only thing that sucked here is the way they tried to do it this week was by getting him involved with Sami Zayn again. Now, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens have tremendous chemistry. There is no two ways about that. However, we were told that they were never going to fight again, and that stipulation was ignored in weeks. And it's the long-term ramifications that have, have a, a problem there because it doesn't really matter they did this. And they had a great match and the two back and forth, even on the microphone is amazing. However, eventually us as fans are going to stop buying into stipulations and we're going to stop believing that any of that stuff means anything because it doesn't mean anything and people just give up on it all the time, literally all the time. And that sucks to be, <laughs> you know, to, to be completely honest with you. But it still worked here. The other thing as well is the match they had ended when Sami Zayn got powerbombed into the apron and the ref just called it off. Now, if I thought this was because they were trying to build sympathy and empathy for Sami Zayn, I'd be like, this is great. He's going to be a babyface, yada, yada, yada. But that's not what they're doing. That's not what they're doing at all. They just use Sami Zayn as a, as a toy to get to wherever it is they want to go with Owens and Shane. And I think that sucks. I think that's a huge shame because, oh, shame. Because I think probably Sami Zayn is the most underutilized guy on the roster at the moment. He's the most stereotypical, in a good way, baby face you got, and push the right way and put in the right feuds. He, I think he could get super over, but they don't do that. And instead, he's treated like cannon fodder. So that upset me because I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I don't think he's going to be involved in the feud. I mean, it's Kevin Owens versus Shane in a, in a hell in a cell. I don't think Sami Zayn's going to get involved in that. But it was good. Kevin Owens is on fire right now. His promos are great. Shane McMahon, when he came out and chased him off, that's fine. He's trying to get his revenge. Kevin Owens is the cowardly heel. Worked well. I also enjoyed the stuff with the Usos, the Hype Brothers, and the New Day. Hype Brothers continue to pretend they're going to break up, and I'm sure they will. That's fine. It's a bit stupid because this New Day Usos feud is now going into the cell at Hell in a Cell. That has to be the blow-off. You cannot do any feuds after that. And who's good to go? I mean, I think we've got the Fashion Files next week, so returning. So maybe uh, the Authors of Pain or Harper and Rowan are going to come back. And that's good because we do need a tag team to take the place of whoever doesn't have the titles. But this was still good. I just feel it's a weird time to break up the hype bros. I mean, Zack Ryder and Mojo Rawley threatened that they were going to fall out again. But why do that now? <laughs> why do it now? That seems, that seems mad to me. When you need tag teams. That just seems crazy. But it was good. The match was good. Uh, Usos obviously won. Uh, New Day at ringside. And Big E was eating popcorn. From uh, Well, they were all eating popcorn. Then Big E just pulled that microphone out of the popcorn. That did make me laugh. And it works. Usos and New Day, they have great chemistry. I just, I enjoyed all this. I'll enjoy their match at Hell in a Cell. They haven't had a bad match yet. But I do think that needs to be the bluff of the feud. I do think we need, need, need tag teams. I know that Gable and Benjamin are there, but they're not really showcased that much. They don't really fit. I mean, they're on the dark match on SmackDown. So I guess, I mean, they will enter that title program, obviously, because they're two really talented workers. You don't bring Selton Benjamin to do that. 
But I just sometimes would prefer it if WWE thought about these things and then just because what will happen is one week they go it's the number one contenders match. You'd be like, why? They weren't even on SmackDown a few weeks ago. But it's still a great feud. And then of course we had the the WWE Championship program, which is just bad. There's no two ways about it now. You can't pretend otherwise. Jinder Mahal doesn't feel like WWE champion. The racism stuff was so bad last week, you had to apologize this week. That was bad. I mean, they did the same thing again with the images on screen and the Singh brothers laughing. It was kind of cool this time because the last one was actually, uh, actually Shinsuke Nakamura. But this isn't good stuff. This doesn't feel like a world title program. AJ Styles should be where Jinder Mahal is and Jinder Mahal should be where AJ Styles is because that Corbin Styles program sucks too. This week on, on SmackDown, we had uh, uh, Corbin versus Dillinger. It was a count out finish and it was just, uh, it's fine. It's okay. But it's AJ Styles. AJ Styles should be, should be running the show, especially when your champion, and I get the whole India thing, but when your champion doesn't feel like a champion, you've got AJ Styles who did feel like a champion. Something is very wrong. That's all I'm going to say. Something is very wrong with that. But it is what it is. I don't think Shinsuke will win at Hell in a Cell. So where he goes from there, I don't know. Where Jinder goes from there, I don't know. It's a sad state, the main event scene on SmackDown. It doesn't feel like main events. And why have I got two people just laughing at pictures each and every week? People just don't care. That's the problem. People don't care. It's not even like they, they want to boo anyone. They just don't care. They just don't care. We should mention the women's stuff as well because uh, Charlotte and Carmella had a match. And I think that's actually quite interesting because what I would like to see happen, I mean, you know, Natty keeps mentioned, uh, uh, she came out after the match when Charlotte won. Natty keeps mentioning Ric Flair. Charlotte should win the title from Natty at Hell in a Cell. Ric Flair should be there if he can, not if he can't. I don't want to see an ill Ric Flair. To be dedica dedicated to him, lovely family, family. Then Carmella should come cashing her money, back, money in the bank in and win the title. Make her a super heel. In any other walk of life, I'd say it's incredibly disrespectful. But I know that Ric Flair would get the biggest kick out of that ever. So that's fine. If he don't care, I'm not going to care. I'm not going to judge WWE when all the participants are happy. But I think that would be great. And I think you'd really get a great angle out of it as well. Charlotte's got that extra baby face fuel now because of all the Ric Flair stuff. I don't really actually think she felt like a good baby face. She was much more of a better heel. Um, so yeah, I actually think they could do really well with that. I think they could come out with the other side pretty good you know pretty pretty good and i think that's pretty that's pretty much every well we should talk about um i will do a q a to end the uh, to end end this uh, stream podcast so make sure you ask your question in the chat now and I'll, I'll get to it when i can i do i did like the best thing about the week was when the bullet club for the uh, uh the, the what do you call it the young bucks's youtube series invaded raw they basically ripped off the um the, the dx angle from 20 years ago whenever it was Genuinely very funny. The best bit is apparently, and this is all rumor and innuendo, so who knows? Apparently, Vince McMahon did not like it and he was offended. But Cody Rhodes standing on top of that bus and just reciting the Independence Day promo was was awesome. I loved it. I thought it was excellent. I thought it was it was funny. It it got buzz. It was really clever. I think this is the best thing they could have done. So I got I got a real kick out of that. So yeah. That was awesome. I don't think anything else is really going on in wrestling this week. Let's have a quick look in case I've forgotten something. I don't think I had. I did my, my usual rounds before I started ranting and raving. And Ric Flair said that he slept with 10,000 women. That happened. And I'm sure he did. The best bit, well, the best it was his fiance now then tweeted saying, just saying 10,001. <laughs> so, so there was that. And I mean, the other big thing is that obviously John Cena's gone away to film his, uh, his Transformers movie. What does 
you know, that's that's really the big thing right now. I know New Japan had a couple of shows too. They had their destruction show, but I didn't see that. Apparently, Kenny Omega and Juice Robinson had an awesome, an awesome match. But yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't see it, so I can't comment on it. I get to it at some point. I mean, Kenny Omega at this point, of course, he has good matches. He only had his knee scoped a couple of weeks ago as well, so he's just a superstar and then some. Um, but yeah, it's the John Cena question. That's the real issue here. What does WWE do? Now that John Cena is really, he really is transitioning away from the company. I mean, they say on average that when he's on a, on a house show card, he adds 25% of people. And attendances for WWE at the moment, if you've seen all the pictures, have been down, especially SmackDown. There's still thousands of people there, but WWE are going to arenas and having to tarp off these huge sections because people aren't going. And that's only going to get worse with John Cena not on the show. So they are in a bit of bother. It's not going to kill the company. It's not going to affect the bottom line. They're still going to be fine. However, yeah, it's a big change because they don't have anyone to take over. Yeah, and John Cena was never meant to be the guy to take over. Don't forget, John Cena was on the cusp of being fired, or so they say. That could just be a nice, a nice tale. But with him gone, it changes, thing, changes things significantly because he is a draw. And you could argue that nobody else on either Raw or SmackDown is a draw at the moment because if they were, they'd be drawing. So they re if this Roman Reigns thing is where they're going, now they, you better make it work, man. You've got till 34 to make this work. And if it doesn't, you've got to think otherwise. Because if Cena goes, you've got to have a plan. You can't rely on him forever. So if it's not working, pick someone else. The Rob Roy says, uh, not the Rob Roy, sorry, Copkin21, how long do you reckon Cena has left before he's gone for good? I think he'll still be around for the next 10 years. But I think it'll be uh, more so, I think maybe twice, three times a year you'll start to see him. He'll probably do... Rumble Mania and SummerSlam or something. Maybe do the big four. So it will come and go. But the other problem is he's lost a lot now. So he's even losing his allure of being John Cena. When people beat him, I'm not that surprised. And he's basically, he's not done, but he is certainly on his way out. He's just naturally, his career is coming to an end. And I don't mean end end, but I mean his, his run on top, as they say. And that always has to happen. There's always transition periods. The problem we have at the moment is obviously ratings are down, live show attendance is down. It doesn't matter because they're still making money. But we do need that new person to come along and change things. Obviously, this is meant to be Roman Reigns. But right now, it's just not. He's not moving those numbers. He's not making those changes. He's not making those shifts. And who else is coming along that you would pick to do that? We can all say Sami Zayn. It's just not going to happen because WWE won't make it happen. So it's an issue. That is the big talking point of wrestling this week for me, is that John Cena, is, he's, not, he's not going, but he's, he's not gone, but he is going. That's what I'm trying to say. The other great thing as well is if you go follow Daniel Bryan on Twitter, I don't know what his Twitter handle is, he does keep tweeting out about a lot of Ring of Honor stuff. It's pretty exciting. I think his contract's up in a year, October 2018. He'll go, and that would be cool. Just seeing Daniel Bryan, and apparently he's fine and he's healthy, so we'll see what happens. Uh, the Rob Roy is saying that he doesn't see him seen having the same success in Hollywood as The Rock. I agree, but I still think he's going to have enough success that he's okay. Like, he's already a major star in a Transformers movie, which make a ton of money, and he's already been booked in that buddy comedy with somebody else. I don't know who it is, but it seems like a big deal. The point is he's not going to be lacking any opportunities. He's 40 years old. His body's run down. This will probably be a good time to to step away and move away from the limelight at least, but you'll still see him. That's the point. You'll still, you'll still see him. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. And that's the week in wrestling. 
Uh, we tried it on. Don't forget, the weekend gaming went live yesterday, which you can find on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash the Miller Report rules, or just search for the Miller Report. We tried this one on Twitch. What I want everyone to do, if you're listening to the podcast or you're watching this on the video on demand on YouTube or whatever, however you've heard this, let me know. Do you rather have it on Twitch or do you rather have it on YouTube? That's all I need to know. I've done both now and I, I've left it up. I've left it up to you. And of course, if you'd rather listen to this audio, which I'm sure a lot of people are doing now, it will still go up as audio. I know that this one has been a bit hapdash, but it's the first one I've done live. So, you know, it's going to be a bit of, a bit of teething, a bit of teething problems. But please do tweet me at Simon316 and let me know. Again, like, share, support, subscribe, share, throw money at my face. <laughs> do whatever you want to do to keep this stuff going. But the schedule going forward will be, uh, I mean, I, th I think 6 o'clock seems to be the time everybody enjoys. So say 6.30. 6.30 on a Monday evening is the week in gaming. 6.30 on a Wednesday evening will be the week in wrestling. Both will go up into their respective audio feeds and they'll be up on YouTube as well. Kapow, the Rob Roy, is the Skype feature gone? No, I just didn't put it up today because no one rang yesterday. So I was like, well, it's all a work in progress. It's all a whip. So, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see how we go. Um, but yeah, just make sure you do let me know which you prefer. Are you a Twitch guy or a YouTube guy? Uh, obviously, my I've never really used Twitch before, so we had less people watching today than we did on YouTube. However, long term, are you going to rather watch it on Twitch? Blah, blah, blah. Boring, boring, boring. I know Twitch is mostly used for for games rather than my giant head talking at your face but still if you are if you did download me on the podcast thank you if you are watching this live now thank you very much it's only a short one today simply because it's uh, later than i thought it was going to be and because we're testing it live you know we will go back to, to the usual thing also five dollar patrons just while we're here your new exclusive podcast is going up this week as well uh, i picked a topic this week you'll see why when it goes up so look out for that Tomorrow on the YouTube channel, a man who hates destiny plays destiny part one. Also tomorrow, as I should probably focus on wrestling stuff, I'm going back to wrestling training. So Friday, I'm going to be in a lot of pain. But keep an eye on my Twitter at Simon316 for, uh, for updates about that. But this is it now, man. Bodybuilding got thing in the way, but something I had to just cross off. Eight-week course. Then I'm coming at you, independent wrestling. Probably going to be really bad. But you don't know. Maybe I'll be really good. Unlikely, but <laughs> at least I've done it. And that's what matters. So, yeah, we should, we'll do updates about that as well. Maybe we'll do updates on what culture is. I don't know what's going on with that now. But we'll do, we'll, we'll do updates. There'll be some updates from me. Let's just hope I don't cut my head open like I did last time. But yeah, in literally 24 hours' time, we're going to be there. Well, unless you listen to this on the podcast and I've done it, but I'll fill you in next week. I'll let you know, I'll let you know how it's gone. We'll get better as the, uh, as the weeks and months go on. Thank you for watching me. Hopefully this just stops and I don't like a jabroni like I did yesterday. That was the week in wrestling. Please do join me live at 6.30pm next Wednesday. Or if you're an audio listener, a podcast listener, I'll be back in your ears in a week's time too. I don't know whether I'm going to put this up on Wednesday. I said change. It may go back up on Wednesdays again. Just look out for it. Subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast.